Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today I want to encourage you to publish your manuscripts directly to a publishing company. All right, I'm going to tell you my reasons why. I'm going to tell you what I've been up to behind the scenes because you guys are on this author journey with me. And this can apply to, you know, not just people who are, you know, working in a specific genre. There are many publishing houses out there that will take unsolicited manuscripts. So if you have an agent already and you have a secure firm relationship with your agent and you're going to continue to work with this literary agent or, you know, agency, this podcast might not necessarily be for you. However, it could be for a friend of yours that you have that's going through the process and does not go out and query and doesn't want to have an agent but wants to have control over their own work without paying an agent that 15% fee. So I will let you know that I've made a similar podcast to this before talking about if you go out and query, you know, what are some tips of writing a query letter. So I'm going to just back up a little bit and do it again, but talk about going for those publishing companies, those maybe smaller presses that you might find that could open their doors for new authors Um, especially, you know, first-time debut authors, and go ahead and take that risk, build up your courage, and submit. I'll give you a resource. So, if you go to thejohnfox.com, I type it in as bookfox, and it comes up. Um, He has his uh, writing resources tab on there, but I have you know, went through his blog and, and read a few of his titles that he has on the website. He has, for example, 30 children's book publishers eager for your book. So that was the title that struck my fancy this morning. And I went on, had been editing my children's book that I wrote back in August or the end of beginning of September. I've been editing it Uh, trying to narrow it down, clean up some of the vocabulary. The grade level ended up, when I ran it on Word, it was a seventh grade level due to the complexity of the sentence structures and the vocabulary choices that I was using. I did believe that, you know, some of that came to the cultural words that I was using that are not readily um, available in print maybe for that grade level pickup. But I had to make some wise decisions, some wise choices on how could I edit this book without taking away the heart of the book. 
And I will admit, the first time I read through it, it was very painful for me to recognize the advanced vocabulary that I used. I'm telling you, I've been working with high school populations for a very long time, and being a high school English teacher, I guess, and the level, you know, of the books that we read, you know, I've been away from children's picture books and children's chapter books for a while. I did spend many years in elementary setting, but because my focus the past couple of few years, not couple, few years, has been in high school since 2012, mainly high school populations, I think that I just really needed fresh eyes to look over the work, which included beta readers in the elementary level, at the elementary level, beta readers, teachers from that grouping, um, students. So I actually had teachers to review the work that I used to work with, and we went back and forth on the great vocabulary debate Debate on, you know, with Common Core and with so much pressure on testing, one of the reasons that they found that students may lack, you know, the skills to decipher some of the texts that are provided for them is because it does have higher levels of vocabulary, and so maybe books like this are needed. So we went back and forth on it in rounds, and I got some suggestions and tips and word replacement choices and all of that. And so I've been working on that since September, slowly but surely. And today, on the celebration of Martin Luther King Day, because it's a diverse book about a community garden, I decided that this would be a great day to reach back out to publishers and try my hand at it. So I found this website, the 30 Children's Book Publishers Eager For Your Work, and I started going through the list. Now I will give you the tip to create a Google slide. Now I've called it, you know, Agents for Myrtle's Garden. My grandma's name was Myrtle, so the garden is named for her, and so is the title of the book. So I have, you know, children's literacy, um, literary agents on here, but I also have publishing companies that will take unsolicited manuscripts. So for example, Page Street Publishing, I've seen some of their work. I've, you know, looked at some of their titles. I'm like, yep, they're in Holiday House and Flashlight Press, Hogsback Books. I started looking down this list and what I decided to do was refresh my query letter, go on and edit it. So I went from eight, almost 1,900 words down to 1,400 words, and I know it still probably needs to be cut because most of these submission guidelines will say 1,000 to 1,500 words, and they may cut it again, but I felt comfortable in that range with 1,400. I got the reading level down um, from 7.7, so, you know, I have been doing my job, due diligence, right? So now it was time to create my query letter. I went through, investigated the different websites, you know, looked to see which ones could, you know, be on that multicultural um, lens that would be receptive to my work. I really liked when I found publishing companies that took a science or a mathematics focus because my book is environmental science And I, you know, it has that science background in it. So I did want, you know, to definitely target those publishing companies. 
So I can just kind of read over, you know, how you do your intro lines for queries. Now, I want to tell you there's many ways that you can do this. So don't think that mine is the one and only way. This is just what has brought me success in the past. So let me go and pull up one of my query letters. So I start at the very beginning that I have completed a diverse children's book. So you see where I let that reader understand at the beginning that my book is diverse. It's a children's book. I cap the entire title. So it's in all caps. So I put, I have completed a diverse children's book, comma, all caps, Myrtle's Garden, comma, at 1,400 words for ages up to 10. Now, in this particular um, query letter that I was sending, they said that they took books up to 10. There were other ones that said, when you're submitting, you know, to this company, please let us know if it's from ages 0 to 5, 6 to 12. And, you know, they gave, like, very specific instructions for the target audience and those age ranges. So that's exactly what I did. I did not say it is a K-6 book because after researching, that's not the way that you pitch. You pitch by age, you know, 8 to 10, 6 to 10, you know, 8 to 12. You know, it's just according to what the guidelines say. Um, so then I kind of use some of the terminology um, from the book. I put, you know, the picture book includes diverse characters of ethnic and religious backgrounds with multiple themes of friendship, cooperation, and empathy. So that will allow the reader to understand, you know, I've already identified the three major themes in the book. Now, when you have a children's book, of course, one primary theme, so it would be cooperation or, you know, friendship, you know, they could do that. But in today's educational systems, we teach that there are multiple themes. So teachers will want to look for as many avenues as they can into these books. So that's why I'm reading also with that teacher's hat on. In the second paragraph, you talk about what your book is about, usually three to five sentences. That's a very short piece. Then, on your last paragraph, you talk about, you know, who you are. So, for the past 20 years, I have served in multiple capacities in K-12 and university-level education. Currently, I serve as a literacy coach at a large metropolitan medical sciences magnet school. You know, I hold an EdD degree in organizational leadership. I tell my master's in special ed, BS in religion and special ed. I am a published author for devotional titles, as well as a diverse YA contemporary fiction that will be released this spring by Swing Romance. I host a daily podcast. Thank you guys for Jen Lauer Wright. <laughs> um, my social media presence, you know, attracts educators, homeschool families, and parents through my platforms. Um, I have many contacts in the public schools, as well as homeschool organizations, since I am a homeschool family. And after reviewing your children's books, I felt that you might be intrigued to me read more of my work and have included my manuscript for your review. And so you see how this is broken up. And you can go online and you can definitely find sample query letters, the do's and don'ts for querying. I'm not saying that mine is perfect, but I'm saying that my style has worked in the past. And maybe it's going to work for me again with this opening of a door of a children's publishing house. So I looked at, you know, some that also, you know, in this top 30, 
um, there were a few that you had to actually send snail mail. And because that would require me going down to the post office, getting a proper envelope, getting the stamps, weighing it, and today it's closed. So I, it's, a, it's our holiday today. What I did is when I found those when I was researching, I put mail for later. So I inserted a few lines in my Google Slides, and then I made the links like um, Lee and Lowe, that is a huge publishing company. They will accept unsolicited manuscripts, but you have to mail them. So I have a long list at the bottom here that says mail for later. So I hit those that were email submissions today. And I hope, you know, in turn, that I will receive some positive news. My advice to you is to go out and research unsolicited manuscript um publishing companies for whatever genre you're doing. Because when I was on this list, when I was going to some of these, um, let me see if I can find one for an example, because um, I didn't make a note of it today because I already have a publishing company that I work with for my YA. So I'm not in the market. I want to stay with this YA uh, publishing house forever. But there were a few that would say we take science fiction and fantasy, YA, unsolicited. Um, there were others that took, I think it was a medium. Let me just check. Um, they accepted submissions uh, across the genre. Maybe it wasn't them because they did the octonauts. I don't know. If you go to this website, guys, you can look. Um, the Book Fox, and I already gave you, hold on. <laughs> Excuse me. I already gave you the um, title of it. The 30 Children's Book Publishers Eager for Your Book. Some of these publishing houses did accept YA. So I ask you today to start researching and praying for guidance on, you know, directing your paths to publishing houses. And just give it a shot. Continue to craft and work on your book in, this, in the process of, you know, sending out these queries. You should have already went through a beta read around. You should have already, you know, stepped away from your work and edited it. Like I said, with me working on this book since September, I have, a, have had a lot of times to, you know, pop in the book, pop out of the book, have additional readers look at it. Family members also read it. Um, I participated in actually doing two read-alouds of the book in real time, that gave me an opportunity to hear the way that the children's book flowed because I wanted it to have sort of a sing-song quality to it. So I didn't want to only be the reader of it. I did do a read-aloud session with my students, but I also, you know, asked teachers could they also do a read aloud so I could then hear the pacing, the tone, and the way that it would be received by an adult reading the book or a parent reading the book with their child. So think about some creative ways that you could do that as well, especially visiting libraries if you don't have um, access to people like I do. Um, visiting libraries, visiting story times, 
um, just checking in with local teachers, maybe coming in and do, a, you know, a reader, you know, make a big deal out of it. Contact an elementary school in your area, send an email to a principal or an assistant principal explaining that you've just written a children's book, you know, email the librarian, find out if they will allow you to do a reading and ask and have like a a beta read right there where students can give input and critique your work. That is very valuable. And elementary school teachers would jump on that opportunity to have a guest speaker, a guest author, you know, coming in and talking with their kids. So, you know, don't discredit the local elementary schools, the local private or Christian schools in your area that could love to have someone come in and, and just make it very special for the students. And bring food. Uh, Kids love to eat. You could bribe them with cupcakes. That could be their reward. (laughs) So I would just like to encourage you today to do your research and not let it stop there. Actually go out, read submission guidelines, follow the submission guidelines, and go, oh, I found you one. The Albert... Albert Whitman and Company. They take young adult fiction. They take middle grade fiction. They also do picture books. So this one is is one that you know you could be definitely looking at. Um, I would suggest that you go online and, and start doing what I've done today. And it just takes that little bit of time to research. I've already given you a great site you could start with, or you can just do some basic Google searches. Build you a Google slide so you can copy and paste through your links, your contacts, the agents or publishers. Put the date that you submitted it. Many of these places, when I read it, said it could take up to two to four months in order for you to receive a response back. So I'm praying that by the summer, I will definitely hear some positive news. You know, it's not like we have to, we can keep emailing them back going, you know, what do you think of my work? Have you had a chance to look at my work? So once you send it out, it's gone. It's there. You fit submit. It's done. You know, you're praying that doors will be opened and you continue to write. So don't put your writing life on hold as you're waiting for a response because then you're wasting a lot of valuable time. Continue to build your platform. Continue to work on the craft every single day. And what I love about my work and my background is that I'm able to, you know, weave in and out of traffic. And I can go between all of the noise and just hit different genres, too, that appeal to me. I mean, would I have ever thought I would have written a children's picture book? No, but God gave me the dream, and I went after that, and I wrote it that day. Put many, many hours afterwards, you know, into the development of the book. But, you know, I listened, and I responded by writing it. And I have, you know, romance and horror and, you know, my paranormal and know, contemporary fiction, and I have all of these books that I'm interested in. YA, I love middle grades. I have my middle grades, Revolutionary War book. So my interests are very eclectic, but that keeps my writing fresh. For me, it does. It keeps me constantly researching, constantly looking, and, you know, hopefully once I build a base 
you know, of, of my books, it's like my Bible devotionals, you know, it's hard to believe that I already have four devotionals out there circulating in the hands of people. So over time, you know, you'll look back at your career and you'll say, wow, you know, that was some good stuff. That was some hard work, you know, but that's a part of a piece of that puzzle of your life. So, don't just sit on your work. Get out there and make it happen. And I'm encouraging you to do that today. There is a quote that I would love to read to you guys. And it is from Martin Luther King. And I've got to find it. It just hit me. Um, I love this quote. I don't know it by heart. Let me see if I can find it really fast. And... I'm going to look for it. I know what it says. Let me see if I can find it. And I bet you as soon as I start to read it, you will recognize it. And I am on my computer right now. And it's like if you can crawl. You know the one I'm talking about. Hold on. It's a Martin Luther King. Um, thanks for sticking with me to hear the quote. Okay, here it is, here it is, here it is. I knew I would find it. If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. I'm Martin Luther King Jr. Keep moving forward. <laughs> so I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.